Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. No matter where you're listening, around the world, this is Sedona Talk Radio. Hello everyone, and this is Helena Steiner-Hornstein speaking to you from Miami. And, um, of course, it's uh, afternoon right here in Miami, but I know many of you are listening in Europe, and, of course, then it's 9 o'clock p.m. And uh, since you are all there, I would like to announce that as from July the 1st through the month of July, I'm going to conduct the show in Swedish, just those four or five times during July. And... Um, Jag ska tala svenska under juli månad. And those who are Swedish and Danish and Norwegian, they knew exactly what I was saying. Everyone else, I'll be back with you in English again as from August the 1st. And that will be fun. And I will have new exciting guests with you. Today I have another new exciting uh, guest here for me on the show. And that is Dr. Harvey Frank. Are you there, Dr. Frank? I am good. Uh, good morning or good afternoon. <laughs> and uh, you are uh, quite familiar to me uh, and to each other because we have been working with each other. I would say you have been my private chiropractic physician for quite some time, haven't you? I have, and it's uh, it's, it's my it's been my pleasure uh, having had the opportunity to treat and work with you and to get to know you a little bit as well. Yeah, and, uh, you know, I come from a family where we actually used a a, a chiropractic physician from day one. And when I was young, this was, of course, quite some time ago. And in Sweden at that time, we only had one chiropractic uh, physician in all the country. In fact, there were two. It was the wife-husband team. And they were both educated uh, in America, Palmer College, and uh, they came back to Sweden to, to, to do that trade there. And it, it was instantly, extremely popular. But one couple in one whole country, you know, you had to book a year in, in advance to get wow. in there. And because of that, they used a, a different method, which uh, you, of course, know of, but you don't practice it because it's a little bit traumatic, and it's the hole-in-one method. Yes. And uh, I don't think anyone does that anymore, but it fixes you quickly, but it's very traumatic, and you really had to be taken back home and, and lie, stay in bed for a little while. Is, is that not what it was? Uh, you know, you know well, about that. They're, they're, um, the, which brings up an interesting discussion of uh, techniques within chiropractic. Um, there are... Um, well, let me back up just a little bit. Let's maybe just discuss what, what chiropractic is, and then we can bring it to the present in terms of uh, what techniques are available. Yeah, and that's great. And I didn't mean to jump into the, uh, you know, techniques or anything so quickly, but I just wanted to say historically what we had to go through sure. at that time. And that they had to do this because they needed to get you out of there very quickly, and they couldn't have repeat uh, visits. And uh, 
Anyway, so uh, their children then went into the same trade, and of course now in Sweden you have chiropractors all over the place, and it's very, very popular. So popular uh, that uh, the physicians, the medical doctors, started to protest because people got well too quickly <laughs> going yeah. to the chiropractors. Right. So financial. Uh, Yes, <laughs> and this happened, and they somehow managed to squeeze in some law that, that uh, the Swedes at that time, for it lasted only a short period of time, I think, that you had to go to a regular physician, an MD first, and he had to say, you must go to a chiropractor, and he would take the x-rays, and that was how it worked, but it didn't work very long, you know, people protested, so it went back to that you can go to any chiropractor you want to go to. Mm -hmm. But during that period of time, I my back went completely out. And my pain was so bad that people literally had to hold me back to my bed. Mm -hmm. I was going to jump out of the window. It was a nerve pain that was so incredibly bad. And an ambulance came and picked me up and took me to the hospital. And the doctor there, the medical doctor, said, you need a chiropractor. <laughs> There's yeah. nothing I could do. And uh, the ambulance took me to the chiropractor, and I got my adjustment, and, you know, I walked out of there. I was fine. Yes. And, and it was which so up, incredible. Uh, it brings up interesting discussion about how the chiropractic and the medical community are, are working more closely hand-in-hand. Hand. Uh, just uh, earlier today, I treated the wife of, uh, of a family doctor, I also am treating a dentist. These are some of my more current patients. Mm -hmm. um, I receive referrals from medical personnel on a regular basis, and I, in turn, refer to others if I feel that uh, the care that's required is outside what would be considered my scope of practice. Yeah. What is chiropractic, actually? What is it? You know, people don't really know. And I know in Sweden we call them bone crackers, <laughs> you know, because they were cracking bones. Yes. And uh, that was the popular name for them. It was hard to say chiropractor in Swedish at the time. Uh, but what is it? What, what, what kind of science is it? Well, what, it's, do do? Uh, what we do is we, we treat people that have not just spinal problems, but really all skeletal problems. Uh, without the use of drugs or surgery. The, uh, our bodies are most uh, uh, phenomenal in that we always have the ability to heal, uh, whether it's a cut or uh, confronting the common cold or the flu or being exposed to bacteria and whatnot. Uh, the body has the ability to heal uh, in almost every instance. And the same holds true for skeletal conditions uh, specifically the spine and extremity, the foot, the shoulder, wrist, and so on. And our skeletal system is comprised of certain parts. Specifically, we have bones, we have muscles and tendons and whatnot. And it is the, the function, the mechanics of how joints are that sets the stage whether the joints are functioning as they should. What makes the spine... Uh, a very important part of the body is the intimate relationship the nerve system has to the spinal column. The spinal yeah. column is the protective shell of the spinal cord, 
and the spinal cord is a continuation of the brain. So we have the brain, spinal cord is the essence of the nerve system, and the nerves branch off of the spinal cord that literally control and coordinate the function of all of our bodily parts. So your muscles, your organs, uh, your circulation, uh, everything is controlled by nerve stimulation. Nerves send information out and nerves send information back to the brain, again, by way of the spinal cord. And so there is a geographic relationship the spine has to the spinal cord. If the spinal column or parts of the spinal column are not functioning as it should, because of this close geographic relationship, in many instances, when the spine is not functioning as it should, it will result in some type of nerve impairment. There can be a true nerve pinching, uh, or more commonly, there can be a nerve pulling. Whether yeah. there's a true pinching or pulling, when nerves are physically irritated, they fail to function as they should. And so what, what people assume uh, the chiropractor is, um, you know, as you said, cracking or um, you know, moving the bones. Uh, people assume we're, we're spine doctors when, in fact, I think more accurately we affect the whole body because of this connection the spine has to the nerve system. Yeah, and you know, as you know what I do, they call me a healer and, and actually help people get well again. And I usually see that there are blockages in the spine or the, around the spine, and then I tell people to go to chiropractors. Yes. And, of course, this is in many different countries, so I cannot tell them to come to you, but I would like to. Uh, and, you know, one thing about you, and uh, I haven't kind of brought this up to me, to, to you too much, but I feel you work, of course, you work scientifically and you work with the x-rays and you work with the knowledge knowledge you have from, from you know, this your science. But I feel you also work intuitively mm. somehow, spiritually. I just feel that you tune in somehow. Uh, there's no way that anyone can work with me the way you do unless you really work intuitively. What do you say? Well, thank you. <laughs> and um, um, uh, on the one hand, I um, oh, thank you. I'm very flattered by your comments. And the work that I do is that I um, I literally feel uh, the area that I'm working on, uh, specifically in your case. We, you we close your eyes, you know. Yes, see I do. You close your eyes, and that kind of impresses me that well, you I turn within. <laughs> I I do close my eyes. I am um, I'm both visual and tactorial in my orientation, perhaps more, and so. However, when I'm when I'm examining you or when I'm examining anyone, I am um, I try to to really block out all sensations, and, and yet to accept me to be with the person I'm examining, and and um, and I I guess you can call it an intuitive, but um, I think it has more to do with a feel, and by me being intimate with with my examination, I'm able to feel. Uh, nuances. I'm able to feel subtleties uh, in terms of uh, the muscle and the joint performance, mm -hmm. and and I and I focus on examining someone um, when I first meet them. I focus um, examining them before each and every session I might work with them, 
And as you recall, I also re-examine you after we've done some work together to confirm that we made the appropriate changes for that particular visit. Yeah, and that's very good that you do that. Are there different uh, methods in chiropractic? You know, I've been in, in countries where they have only looked at my neck and nothing but my neck and fixed the neck, and other places they have adjusted the whole spine. So are there different views uh, how to do this? The answer is yes, and um, um, it, it's been said that there is the science, there's the philosophy, and there's the art of chiropractic. The science of the body, the physiology of the body is the same for all. The philosophy of chiropractic has to do with the the relationship the spinal column has to the whole body. And the philosophy includes the recognition that the body truly heals itself. And it's very humbling to acknowledge that I, as a physician, a chiropractic physician, I am not doing the healing. Uh, you are doing your own healing. Yeah, and that's, that's so important to know that. It's never the doctor who does the healing. It is for never you. the doctor. You are, no, you are the doctor yourself. You know, You are the one to do the healing. A- absolutely, and, and, and that is so profound. And the, so there's the science, the philosophy, and there's the art form. The art form of chiropractic is what makes um, different chiropractors approach chiropractic in, in a different format. Uh, the goal of all chiropractors is to reestablish healthy spinal performance. Uh, my focus has expanded to go beyond simply being concerned about the spinal column, Hello. Hello. Yes, there we go. We we were disconnected, and uh, as I understood, you kept on talking and talking, <laughs> and, and no one could hear that, and they heard me instead, and I was a little desperate here, and I did a long meditation, <laughs> which I think people must have enjoyed, but uh, we were here to, de- to do you, okay. and uh, I think the last thing we talked about, you and I, was uh, are there different kinds of chiropractic care, and we went away from that one. And uh, I think what I wanted to speak about, um, and you spoke all about the spine, and and yes. uh, and, uh, and I'm sure since you've been speaking so much, you don't know when you were disconnected, but, you know, we have to see the sense of humor in this one, too. So you evidently know your subject very well now. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, so, um, and... You know, I remember my mother when I used to look at her before she got out of bed and she stood and was stretching her body. How important is it uh, to stretch your body? Uh, that's, that's one of the things I touch base on by myself <laughs> is how, how important stretching is. And um, uh, specifically muscles play a very integral role in the quality of our whole skeletal system. Muscles... Um, have a certain range of motion. And um, and for so many people, uh, they lose their ranges of motion to certain muscles, which in turn impairs the performance of joints. Uh, I'm, I'm reminded of the weightlifter. I'm just going to go off on a, just a, a brief tangent. A, a weightlifter, as a for instance, who lifts lots of weights, might develop large muscles, but yet if the muscles do not have full range of motion, in spite of the size of the muscle, 
oftentimes when the muscle has lost its range of motion, that muscle uh, weightlifter is not nearly as strong perhaps as the muscle that's more lean that has full range of motion. Yeah. Uh, and and that's muscle, understood. You know, people who are in coma, for instance, or people who are sleeping or staying too long in bed, they must use, uh, lose a lot of muscle, though, don't they? Yes, they do. They lose muscle tonality. Absolutely. So it's so, important to really keep your muscles going as important as anything else, understand after what you say. Healthy muscles include uh, strength and range of motion. So in your mom's case, in terms of stretching, it's important that we have good ranges of motion to muscles. And, um, and so people ask me, well, is stretching really important? And the answer is yes. It's important not only for joint range of motion, but also for muscle performance as well. Yeah. Uh, what about for women when, you know, we see that our arms or underarms or overarms are starting to be sloppy, you know? <laughs> what do we do with that? Well, that's, uh, that's an important um, concern in terms of uh, that's, that has to do with not, um, unfortunately, not exercising as much as you need. Um, muscles and joints need a certain stimulation to sustain their wellness. You know, the old expression, if, it, uh, if you don't use it, you lose it, and yeah. that's very true. And so um, people, not just women, need to be concerned about the health of their bones in regards to uh, bone density. And bone density is very much affected by muscle activity. And for people, it affects women more than men. The more uh, inactive one is, the more sedate. If you don't exercise, then you run the risk of losing that tonality, which in turn can lead to certain problems. You said uh, women have more trouble with that. Are women and men very different? Do more men or women come to see you, for instance? That's Who a great question. To see more? Yeah. That's a great question. And and um, um, if we were to analyze who has more uh, functional problems, um, uh, I would say that it is not um, it is not determined by one sex. However, women in general. I'm making a general comment now. Women have a have a have an attitude towards taking care of their bodies in a more responsible way than men do consequently more women uh would approach um care would approach seeing me because of their attitudes not because of their they have more physical needs than men do men have a more stoic attitude men have a stronger attitude of if it ain't broken don't fix it Kind of yeah. like the, you know, men don't ask for directions, but a woman would be more apt to ask for directions. But uh, both men and women, um, in fact, everyone really would benefit with care. But to answer the question, uh, women, because of the attitude towards health, uh, more women come to see chiropractors than men. They do? Yes. Yeah. And uh, this is what goes for so many things. When you go to courses or any kinds of conference, you always see the women who are out there a little bit more than the men. So does it, what do the men do instead, you know? Well, um, <laughs> men suffer. <laughs> they, suffer. They, suffer. <laughs> they suffer either silently or they complain to their wives or take uh, various medications and, uh, yeah. uh, and, and, they, and they pay the price. Yeah, and I know also for me that more... Of course, more women come to see me than men. 
but usually it's the wife who comes first, and then the husband comes later to see me. Yes, you know, it's kind so of like, well, let Mikey try it. In this case, let, yeah, that's let, right. let my wife try it. <laughs> but once, you know, they are convinced, then they are pretty good. You know, they, they use you a lot, and they call up a lot, and I notice that. And maybe it's the same with you. Once they believe in you. Yes. Well, you, this trust. Yeah, that's and and, uh, and it's important that one establish comfort and confidence in in whomever they're working with, and uh, and so the nature of the work that I do is um, I take uh, I take our step I take uh, the analysis I take the consultation I do the examination it's all step by step I want to get to know the the person I'm caring for and I want the person who I'm caring for to feel comfortable with me and to feel comfortable with the process. So we explain what we're doing before we do it. And before long, um, we're, we're in agreement as to where changes are, where problems are, and then we arrive at a program to make the necessary corrections. Yeah. And um, is it how important is that you stand straight? I, I know my parents, or my father was very military, and he said, you must stand straight. Is that uh, good or bad for, for well, people to, to that's the a great posture? Question. So uh, posture, um, there's a whole science, the physiology of posture. Uh, posture is important for many reasons. Uh, the, um, a metaphor to that, if I can, is um, if you're holding a weight improperly, it puts increased load on the body. On the flip side, if you're holding a weight correctly, it reduces load profoundly. And, and that's a metaphor to how posture affects the body. If we hold our bodies with proper posture, it reduces load throughout the entire spine. If our posture is improper, we may not feel the immediate changes, but over time it creates more load. Um, another interesting discussion of posture is, uh, is energy and attitude. And this is something I know you can appreciate if someone yeah. is enthused if someone is excited they've got a certain bodily posture on the flip side if someone is, is saddened or if someone is in a grief state uh, if someone is very worried they'll have a different physiology of posture and yeah. and what's interesting is you can see someone a total stranger and you can get a sense of whether they're enthused or whether they're down and out. And if someone is, in fact, um, enthused, but yet they take on the physiology or the posture of being saddened, there it's hard to sustain that enthused state. Uh, yeah. And um, so there is something to that, that how someone carries themselves, uh, again, intuitively, energetically, the body is communicating to itself. And if someone is, in fact, feeling a bit down uh, on, the, on themselves or down on their luck or things just aren't going right, uh, today's economy, we can, the, uh, the environment, we can think of all kinds of problems to make us down and out. But yet if we, if we turn that around and we sit up straight and we, we take on a physiology or posture of enthusiasm, there's much more opportunity to, to, uh, to get through that, that stressful moment. You know, so the old upbringing of sitting straight at the table and, you know, standing straight and all that wasn't that bad. It was actually quite good, interestingly. Yeah. <laughs> yes. That's the old school, you know. The old the, school, uh, in this case, was very much correct. <laughs> so that's, uh, uh, 
you really work mostly with the spine, or do you other do you do other things? That's a great and important question, and I I, I truly treat people not just their spine. Um, the um, and, and just just to really focus real quickly, uh, I'm very concerned about the alignment of the feet. Uh, the dynamics of the foot uh, sets the stage for the foundation that we stand and walk upon. Uh, so many people, so many people have changes to the proper dynamic of their feet, and yet most people, interestingly enough, do not feel a foot problem. But yet, if the foot is not bearing weight correctly, it will change the weight process through the knee, through the hip, into the spine. I've seen so many people that um, that have had knee operations or have had yeah. hip replacement, and and, and when we look from the spine, either the spine or the foot, oh, and so okay. there is a very okay. important relationship. Yes, the foot has to the entire skeletal system, and I've seen so many instances when someone has had a. Uh, a knee problem or perhaps a knee surgery or a hip surgery and they come in to see me and 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 well and from their perspective that doesn't relate to their neck their neck is their complaint they're only concerned that I examine their neck nothing below the neck when in fact the the body is is truly one uh, mechanical integrated circuit and and if someone has had a history of a knee problem or a hip problem and we fail to look at what's happening below those areas and above those areas, then I think we're not looking at that person as comprehensively as we should. It's, it's grossly inappropriate to only look at an area of complaint. That's really what medicine has, has been doing for a long time. Yeah, and that's the, the the way we shouldn't really look at. We should look at the whole person. I'm just looking at my switchboard, and I'm seeing that we only have a few seconds left. Oh. But we we can continue. Live, it will disappear, but we will continue to record this uh, program, and we will go over time, so we will have a full program anyway. So if you hear any signs here, stay on. Don't hang up now, Harvey. <laughs> okay, I'm not going anywhere. Yeah, so that's good. No, but it's uh, very interesting with what what you said there. Um, so, um, so let uh, me just say a few more things. That when someone has a what I'm calling a foot problem, there are different. Um, for, for instance, a foot pronation. Uh, people have heard of someone having a foot pronation, and I don't want to get overly technical at this point. But there are various changes to the foot one may uh, may have, and yet in most cases, a person will not. I repeat, will not necessarily have symptoms or any discomfort to the foot, uh, but yet the the dynamic, the performance of the foot is something to consider when one has um, recurring or chronic changes to their spine. And we, and, and so there are different ways that one can treat a foot problem. We we treat the foot uh, by uh, working on the muscles, the joints of the foot. Uh, if necessary, we can. Um, have someone fitted for a product called an orthotic, which will help the foot function in a more correct way. Yeah. I know people who just break bones in their feet from walking. Uh, are we, do, do we have weak bones in our feet, or is it part of osteoporosis, or, or what is that? Um, well, if someone is breaking, breaking bones in their feet, 
clearly, uh, well, t- first of all, one's bone should not break unless there's extreme trauma. If someone has a stress fracture, a stress fracture is a, it's a fracture that comes about from, from physically um, doing more um, on a stress fracture can occur to the foot, it can occur to a leg, etc. A stress fracture is a clear indication that there is unhealthy uh, bone, there's unhealthy mechanics, there's unhealthy physiology. If one develops a stress fracture, the strong likelihood is that the bone is very unhealthy, which has to do with bone density problems. Yeah. Um, I so, have heard from women here in Miami Beach, they've been walking on the beach, and suddenly their feet have begun to ache, and they've gone to doctors who've told them, you have a broken bone or hairline yes. breakage again, in the foot. Which, which gets back to my discussion earlier about how important it is to have exercise. And if someone is having proper um, whole body exercise along with uh, proper nourishment, uh, then we reduce the possibility of developing a condition such as osteoporosis. Osteoporosis is a condition where the density or the thickness of bone has become reduced. And it affects both men and women, although because of the hormonal differences women have versus men, it, uh, this, this loss of density to women called osteoporosis happens to a greater degree. Uh, and yeah. so, again, it's, it's very important that one have um, um, proper nourishment as well as proper exercise to and reduce that And, of the ones who get the osteoporosis, the way I look at, look at it in my surrounding, it seems to be slender, Nordic-looking women, <laughs> isn't it? So white women. Yes. Uh, who get it more than the little more heavy-set women. Isn't that so? What well, do the others is, get it too? That is true, but it, but the expression, it ain't necessarily so. Uh, and um, 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 a stress fracture is a very unhealthy statement of, of how healthy that person is in general. Yeah. Uh, and, and so that's very... what should we do? What should we do to keep healthy? Should we eat well? And should we should exercise, of course, and we should breathe right? And all the above. You know, all yeah. the above. Uh, having proper nourishment. Proper nourishment includes uh, eating uh, uh, nour- foods that, that provide nourishment. Uh, there's lots of discussion about antioxidants. Uh, antioxidants come from whole foods, uh, fruits and vegetables and whatnot. We need to have an assortment and abundance of uh, fresh foods. Uh, we need to have uh, uh, exercise. We should exercise our whole bodies. We should exercise our mind. Uh, we should stretch. Uh, we should live life literally in a balanced way. And by living life in a balanced way, having proper nourishment, creates the opportunity for a, a healthier life. Yeah, and I don't see that we're doing that with all the computer age, you know, with people sitting in front of the computer. What does that do to us when we sit in front of the computer and just... Well, uh, well if we're sitting... Uh, now, again, getting back to posture, if we're, if we're sitting and we're sitting with, a, with proper posture, it reduces the, the strain to the body. But unfortunately, many people sit at a computer. The computer is not set up correctly for them. Uh, and and that further creates more stress to their posture. We can we can have a whole 
um, hour-long discussion on how to properly set up one's computer to reduce the uh, the stresses that develop from simply sitting improperly. Yeah. Should so there you is a, have you should have something to rest your arms uh, on, shouldn't you? Actually, that's point? not true. No. Okay. Enough, no, we really don't want a. You don't want to rest your wrist or your arms on something when you're at the keyboard. Uh, you want what you do want is to be sitting up straight. You want something to support the the curve in the lower back, and you want to be sitting up as though you're you're practicing excellent posture. You want mm-hmm. your ears sitting over your shoulder, and you want to be looking straight ahead, looking at your monitor. The keyboard should be positioned so that um, your your elbow is bent at 90 degrees, and your your fingers are sitting gently onto the keyboard. Um, we should not, I repeat, we should not put the keyboard on one's desk. The keyboard should be below the desk height by at least two or three inches. Uh-huh. Um, and and if we're sitting up straight and where our back is supported, uh, one can sit for a considerable amount of time versus if we have poor posture, we find ourselves trying to find that comfortable position, uh, and it results in more fatigue, interestingly enough. This is so interesting. You have been, I've been told a variety of different things from computer guys, you know, how I should sit at my computer. Yes. And I spend a lot of time at the computer. <laughs> and, of course, I have the desktop and I have the laptop, and they yes. require different tables. Which one is the best for us, really, well, to use it? Um, from from an ergonomic standpoint, uh, a laptop should be outlawed. Uh, oh, interesting. Uh huh. The, the laptop is is very convenient. Uh, I yesterday, uh, or I'm sorry, uh, two days ago, I flew up to New York, and it was very convenient to have a laptop computer. However, uh, laptops uh, ergonomically are very uh, are very difficult. They sit on top of the desk. The keyboard is. Uh, is, um, is is small um, and it doesn't allow us to sit with proper posture. Plus, the monitor is is much lower than it should be. So I'm a strong advocate for using the laptop as a server, and if at all possible, to have an a, uh, an accessory keyboard and a monitor um, available so that you can then use the the laptop as your server, but then use a different keyboard, a different mouse, and a different monitor. Well, that seems much really almost go back to the desktop. I prefer myself to sit uh, at the desktop because I have a different table or different tables, I would say. And, well, and I, I promise you that next, next time you come in, we'll spend an extra few minutes, and I'll teach you the correct way how to sit at a what I call a workstation to reduce any postural stresses you may be creating. Okay, thank you so much. I'll take you up on that one. Now, next thing, I fly a lot, and people out there, they're going to fly. We have vacation time. Uh, And let's say we have a flight longer than three, four, five hours. What do we do to to keep the body going? That's a good question, and I I, I think the the people who design these airline seats have uh, some... um, ulterior motives because uh, they um, uh, one seat does not uh, satisfy all I think the curves within the seat are not designed properly um, there's no room for our legs uh, I sat in a seat the seat did not even recline 
So to, to answer the question, I think if we get up and out of our seats as, as much as we can, and if nothing else, just to walk would do us a lot of good. Um, yeah. Obviously, it's, one cannot walk the, the entire flight, but um, as best I can answer this question over the telephone here, I, I think if one gets up periodically and, and does some stretches to, to, their, uh, to their torso, to their neck, they'd be well served versus just sitting stationary for a long time. Yeah, and you know, I'm surprised on the transatlantic flights how some people literally never get up. They go to the bathroom once or something, but they never move. I get up all the time and make sure I sit on the aisle so I can get in and out easily. And then I notice also if you have leg room, you're yeah. not as tired. If you have more leg room, you really survive that flight more easily. Yes. Very important. Yes, again, move. it allows you to stretch. Allows no. you to expand your body, no question. So uh, that is that. That's something I wanted to know a little bit about. And um, do you do yoga? How do you do yoga? I say just uh, stretching, which is get. This is yes. Yoga is a form of um, muscle and mind um, relaxation and muscle mind stimulation. Uh, it's very important that we have a um, um, flexibility, both yeah. flexibility, uh, again, in, in our muscles as well as our mind. Uh, we need to relax. We need to stretch. We need to stimulate. My um, teenage granddaughter, she asked me to ask you, uh, what does a spinal adjustment do to the blood flow, you know, to to the blood circulation and to, to, to your skin and yes. so on? Great question. And, uh, <laughs> and she came up, that was what uh, what she wanted to know, because she has uh, acne, not everywhere yeah. in her face, but she has it in some places. I got you. And wanted to know if that has anything to do with it. Well, um, the, let me answer the first part first, um, and, and that is the, the relationship the spine has to the nerve system is the same relationship, I'm sorry, the, the spine has to the circulation is the relationship the spine has to the nerve system. If, if a spinal level, if multiple spinal levels are not functioning as they should, in so many instances, there's some type of, some degree of nerve uh, function impairment, nerve function changes, and nerves control circulation. And so if, if a nerve is not functioning as it should because of uh, of, a, of an alignment problem to the spine, uh, by correcting the alignment problem, we improve the nerve connection. And nerves do directly affect circulation. Yeah. Uh, but to answer the specific question, uh, might a, a, an alignment problem to the spine set the stage for one having uh, acne? Um, the, the, I guess the answer is it's possible, but... Um, it is not a simple cause and effect. It couldn't be like a, some kind of something in the neck that it's not flowing through and that it was... It probably, not with acne, it probably is more involved with that. And I, I, and I, I wish I, I wish that were not the case, but uh, in all likelihood it's a far more um, complicated scenario than simply circulation. Uh, yeah. Acne has to do with, with other issues in mm -hmm. regards to biochemical 
balance and possible bacterial infections and, and so yeah. on. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it, then I remember way back I used to have a friend, and she was kind of proud, you know, I went to chiropractice. I was brought up with chiropractice, and I was gone to chiropractic. And she said, oh, I don't need that. I do that my own, on my own, and kind of cracked her spine. Yes. So it cracked. <laughs> and she yes. put a finger on her neck, and, and it would crack, and so yes. on. And to me, it was kind of a little scary. What do you say about this? Would this have an effect? Well, that's, that's, a, that's also a great question. You know, if anyone can literally correct their own spine, it would be me. Uh, I've been practicing, let's see, I graduated uh, uh, 31 years ago. I feel like a, a young old-timer. Uh, and if anyone could correct themselves, it would be a chiropractor who's been practicing for a while. And, and I cannot correct my own spinal problems. Now, when we, when we uh, move our body, if we move our neck, and we hear popping or cracking sounds, I think the the intuitive assumption is that since one is cracking their own spine, they're actually uh, adjusting themselves, so to speak. And that's truly not the case at all. Uh, when we hear popping sounds, it means joints have moved. And however, in almost all cases, when someone has a need to move their neck or their back or they feel some restriction and they intuitively try to fix it themselves, whatever changes they're making is very superficial and they are not able to correct what is the underlying causation of their sense of why they need to um, correct themselves. So getting popping sounds does not mean in any way, shape, or form that they're correcting anything. In regards to how someone is doing that, one needs to be very careful. If you're simply turning your head without any outside assistance and you hear a pop or a crack, that's fine. But if you're using your hand to assist in the amount of movement you're creating to your neck, that might be overly stressful and you might be creating more harm to yourself than helping yourself. Yeah. Uh, same with the low back. Some people show me where they'll be standing and they'll, they'll throw one leg in a twisting format to try to, and so to speak, uh, adjust their own pelvis or low back and this whipping motion might be creating more harm than really any good so the answer is one cannot correct themselves like uh, you know with myself also it's very hard in my healing method to, to yes. work on myself it's like looking into my own eyes it's kind yeah. of hard <laughs> um, yeah. I was uh, wondering allergies yes uh, of course this happens so lot, and I see it in my family. What can you say about the spinal uh, adjustments to to kind of help allergies get better? Can is that is there such a thing? Well, there, there is, and 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 certainly not in all cases. Um, but um, what I have uh, personal experience on, on so many instances when. Um, someone has, um, for instance, an, an, an alignment problem in their upper neck. Uh, the nerve flow to the upper part of the neck goes, it, it directly affects the nerve flow to the face, including the sinuses. And um, if one has an alignment problem in the upper neck and there is nerve uh, function impairment, 
one is more vulnerable to having sinus reaction. Uh, and I've seen so many times and again that by correcting the spinal alignment problem, it helps the body take care of itself. Uh, same with asthma. Uh, some people think that asthma is uh, perhaps a, an allergic type problem. Uh, mm -hmm. and, um, and by correcting the alignment problems more in the upper back, uh, in, in so many instances, we're able to help the person confront their own asthmatic concern. But I, I must emphasize, uh, it is, does not help all allergies. It, it, is, it is not 100% of the time. It, it, it happens that uh, we do help some people. Yeah. And uh, other things like constipation, uh, would that help with the spinal? That, that could, I think Absolutely. And, and again, I something that I was discussing in my soliloquy earlier is the is, is how common it is for people to come see me or other chiropractors and they might have a a specific dominant skeletal complaint because the world knows that chiropractors treat the spine uh, but yet on their history form we notice in most cases not only is there a skeletal complaint in most cases there are other complaints including any number of digestive uh, concerns, whether it be gas, bloating, feeling, uh, uh, experiencing heartburn or, or not digesting foods properly or not moving their bowels properly. In so many instances that um, when there are alignment changes to the spine, it affects other organs within the body, particularly the uh, organs of digestion. Uh, and, and I've helped uh, really countless people that have, um, that, Again, as a side effect in a positive way, we've helped improve um, any number of digestive problems, including constipation. People yeah. that have chronic uh, constipation, um, it'd be an overgeneralization, but I think it's safe to say in, in most cases, it's a, it's a signal that there are changes within the body, and one of those changes will include alignment changes to the spine. And if I could just say one more thing about alignment changes to the spine, in almost um, in so many cases, in fact, in almost all cases, uh, people listening, people who are listening in their family and friends, almost everyone has some type of an alignment problem to some degree or another. Having said that, um, uh, I think the assumption is if one has an alignment problem, they will necessarily have some type of symptom. And the reality is that is that is just not the case. Almost everyone has alignment problems when, in fact, not everyone has active symptoms. Uh, so when one has an alignment problem, invariably there are physical changes to the body. And again, getting back to the question on constipation, that's one of the possible signals. But it's 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 profound. It's remarkable how so many people have alignment problems. But if it ain't broken, if we don't have if we don't have particular symptoms, then one may not be aware that they in fact have these types of problems. You know, this is so much about what the spine means to us, what the healthy spine means to us in our in our lives. Yes. And uh, the title of my show is The Above and the Beyond, and somehow it fits in, I think, <laughs> how important to find it. Yes, very, very much so. Yes. So, uh, 
And I see we have added quite a few minutes to the show now, which is being recorded. So uh, we are going to adjust the live show recording to a much better recording <laughs> that we come up now. Uh, we'll take off those empty spots. And uh, I was wondering myself, and, and I haven't asked you this before, but I was just wondering, with all the autistic children, now, is there anything I can do with spinal adjustments, would that in any way help? You know, have you I, thought I, about that? The, I have thought about that, and I have a, a friend who is a pediatrician who's practicing on the west coast of Florida, and his his specialty is uh, treating kids with that suffer with autism. And and I I really I I don't know if there's a connection. I I really have not had uh, much personal experience with with children that are autistic. Um, and that would be a wonderful research to um, to um, to create. Um, yeah. So I, I don't have an answer for you. And uh, and I was just wondering. I was curious. You know, when I look at children who have serious behavioral, uh, yeah, behavior, they behave yes. very seriously. You know, badly. Yeah. I have seen them, looked at them, and I looked at their root chakra, and everyone yeah. who does yoga knows what the chakra is. And I looked at the root chakra and was like in several different pieces. Mm. And what I did uh, intuitively, I repaired that root chakra, and they had dramatic change in their behavior for Excellent. the better. Well, there's no question that one's behavior is really a, a, an expression of how balanced or imbalanced they are. So one's balance includes their chakra, it includes their their physical state as well. And if we can improve one's physical state, we don't know the possibility of how the body can express itself in a more balanced way. Yeah. That's so true, and of course, I believe so profoundly in yes. root, in in chakras, in the energy yes. centers in the body. Yes. And when they're out of whack, then the whole system is out of whack. It, it, it's it's so true. It is so true. And and again, I think there's very close parallels to the the the, the dynamics of the spine um, and the and one chakras. And I think you'll see in many cases when when the chakras, the energy sources, are not balanced, there will be either um, one or multiple areas of the spine being out of balance. Yeah. So well, these were some wonderful and interesting um, answers that uh, you <laughs> came up with. <laughs> so that was very nice. And I wonder again what uh, anything else you spoke about during this time when you spoke by yourself <laughs> that you feel you would like to bring in here. Well, um, um, let's see. Well, I would. I guess what I'd like to... Uh, um, comment on and, and, and uh, is, is to discuss uh, you know when does one seek chiropractic care and, uh, and and I guess the obvious answer is for me the obvious answer is one would benefit with periodic chiropractic care their entire life uh, but in a more practical way uh, given that we truly affect the entire body uh, energetically um, um, symptomatically uh, we help the body perform in a in a in a, in a better way. Um, one need not limit their experience to a chiropractor to the obvious neck pain or back pain. 
there's no question that we get tremendous success in helping people with neck pain or back pain. Um, we hear about people having slipped discs. Well, without getting into a whole lecture of a slipped disc of, of what it is, I can tell you that in almost all cases, when someone has, in fact, when someone has a disc problem, there is always an underlying spinal alignment problem that is part of the cause of that disc problem. And in almost all cases, when one receives chiropractic care, the body has the most powerful opportunity to truly have a healing experience from within. So if someone has neck pain, someone has back pain, someone has any uh, concern regarding uh, pins and needles or pain or tingling, traveling away from the spine into their upper extremity, including their arms or their hands or into the buttock or into the legs, they should always seek chiropractic care first. Um, If someone is having any underlying problem that doesn't go away or seems to recur, they should consider chiropractic care. Chiropractic is extremely safe uh, when, when, uh, if one practices in a prudent way, we do a proper examination first uh, and then we, we determine uh, whether chiropractic is appropriate, it is extremely safe and, and most effective and most cost effective as well. That's great. Now I think we have been given uh, uh, quite some time here. Um, we have uh, recorded the rest of the okay. uh, of our conversation, which is great. And uh, maybe you know, I know your telephone number by heart. Um, <laughs> I've known it for so many years, and it's a uh, telephone number nine five four, which is Fort Lauderdale, Florida four six seven one nine zero zero. Again, nine five four four six seven. 1900. May I give my my website as well? Yes, please give your email address and your website. Sure. My uh, my website is uh, www.frankcairo, F-R-A-N-K-C-H-I-R-O, frankcairo.com. And my uh, email is info at frankcairo.com. I'll repeat that. Info at frankcairo.com, and I would love to hear from anyone uh, uh, by way of email or if you'd like to call, and I'll respond as best I can. That's wonderful. Thank you so very much for for being with me today. It was a little bit longer and a little bit more of a monologue (laughs) than you had anticipated, but it seemed to have worked out in the end. Helen, it was very nice to be with you, and, uh, and, and all the best. Thank you so very much again for being with me and all out there. Thank you for staying with us. And this is Helena Steiner-Hornstein being with you again on the above and the beyond. And I'll see you next week, Tuesday, July the 1st in Stockholm, Sweden. Thank you very, very much. And thank you, Dr. Harvey Frank from Fort Lauderdale. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.